show for introverts by an introvert. I'm that introvert. I'm Charlotte T. Martin, better known as Charlotte the Writer on Instagram. If you've been listening to all 10 of these episodes, this is the 10th episode. Can you believe it? Um, Then you know I'm no stranger to the PSA at the beginning of the episode here. So I'll make it as quick as I can. If you haven't voted yet, obviously go vote as soon as possible. Um, Make a plan like everybody is saying on the television. And um, that is for real. That's not just some kind of push in this year, more than any other year, election year. Try to have a plan in place uh, as far as how much time you're going to spend in the line. Budget that in correctly. And um, I think the bigger message I want to promote is to anyone who already has voted. First of all, great job. Secondly, your work's not done here. You can help your fellow Americans uh, in your immediate community uh, make those voting plans. So if you have uh, resources or and that includes time, time is a big thing to uh, take someone's kids to the park or something or uh, give someone a ride in a safe way. I'm not sure how you would do that, but like in a, you know what I'm saying, if you can help start to actively volunteer and make it known that you are ready to help. Um, Aside from that, I think there isn't very much to be done in the final stretch here, uh, except for keeping up that hope, keeping up that faith. Another more selfish PSA I want to make. Another more self-involved PSA I want to make is um, remember that I am still available for communication coaching, anything to do with uh, video communication, especially. That is Speak Easy Coaching on my website, charlottetmartin.com. And since you are listening to this podcast, if you use the promo code Let's Meet, that's lowercase, L-E-T-S-M-E-E-T, you can get 15% off your first coaching session with me. How fun. Okay, PSA is out of the way. Now we are going to talk about Bookie Ade. Someone I have long been a fan of on Instagram and had the pleasure of meeting on the show this week. Um, Bookie is known as Queen Photos on Instagram. That is Queen, K-W-E-E-N, photos, P-H-O-T-O-S. As you may have guessed from that handle, Bookie is a photographer and something very cool we got to talk about on this episode are some future projects that she has on the back burner. They both have a lot to do with um, chronic illness, which I thought was very interesting because this is something that Bookie herself suffers from, um, sickle cell. And I didn't know what that was all about or what that means for her day-to-day life. And I did what is possibly an annoying thing of asking her to tell me (laughs) instead of Googling it. So sorry about that, Bookie. But I'm glad that I asked and I'm glad that you were so willing to answer because I learned a lot and I learned it from a person, which I think is very valuable in the world of medicine, particularly. Um, Just a note to the listeners, the sound was a little bit funny on this recording. I've done my very best to make sure that it's as even as possible, but if it's a little bit wonky, please forgive me. Um, And last thing before we start, any producers out there, film producers, particularly documentary producers, If one or both of Bookie's projects sound interesting to you, please hit me up on Instagram. I would love to connect you two to get her project rolling. Um, 
And I think without saying any more than that, it's time that we listen in on this conversation with Bukiare. Hello. Hi. Oh my gosh. Thank goodness. I can hear you. Okay. Can you see me? I look like a hot mess. I literally just woke up. (laughs) I love it. No, you look great. Um, Hold on, let me put my water down. I can see you. Everything's going great. Um, I was nervous because the past couple of episodes I've done, for whatever reason, my sound has not been working. Like, I can't hear the other person, but I can hear you loud and clear, so we're good. Yay, technology! I know. Well, actually, it's just yay, Charlotte, doing the bare minimum of Google searching of, like, what's going on with this? And then, of course, the answer being right there at my fingertips. So... Maybe I should have done that earlier. Oh, well. If you like that. <laughs> Sometimes. Oh, it's hard enough. You know, what am I supposed to do? Google all the time for all of my problems? Right. Imagine. Right. Imagine having the world's most powerful search engine available to me at all times and then using it. What an insane idea. The audacity of them. For real. For real. Um <laughs> I will say you're not in the frame now, but I'm guessing that's on purpose. <laughs> I'm putting on clothes that are not pajamas. Okay. <laughs> um, if it makes you feel better, I am wearing pajama pants, so don't feel like you have to get dressed up for this. Is an audio only format. I know. <laughs> didn't want to look crusty. You know, like, <laughs> I know we never met, but like, goddamn. Well, you have never met, so it's thr- hello, Bucky. I'm Charlotte. Charlotte, I know it's so weird. I feel like we we're talking like we already knew each other. Yeah, we do talk to each other online as if we are friends. I think it's because we are kindred spirits in many, many ways. Facts. That's got to be it. Um, okay, first thing I want to ask about is how was your brother's wedding? I just was looking at your Instagram. It was great. Oh Literally my god, the best day of twenty twenty. Yeah. Well, <laughs> no kidding. It was just such a great day. Um, like, got my makeup done, pictures, and then we had the wedding. It was on the waterfront, and then now this. And oh, my God. You live in Seattle? Wisconsin. Portland. So you, Similar. Was Sorry. I'm so sorry. It's okay. <laughs> I thought you lived by the water, so I was going to go the Oh, I do. But no, I do. I live by a lot of lakes, just not the ocean. Oh, Okay. Yeah, so the ceremony was on a pier. It was only 20 people. Oh. And the inside was a museum. So that was cute. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, it was like the Maritime Museum. And yeah, it was just good vibes. Like, And I don't cry like at all. <laughs> but when it was time for me to give the toast, I could not function. Like, even, <laughs> just, even just on Friday, my dad was like, why did you get so emotional at the wedding? And I was like... I don't know. I just, I, I was just overwhelmed. I was supposed to be talking about my brother. I ended up talking about the bride the whole time. Uh huh. Yeah. Like, it just felt normal. It didn't feel like work. I mean, it was only 20 people, and obviously a Nigerian wedding should have been like 500 people. So right. That aside, <laughs> other than that, it felt pre pandemic. Yeah. Well, and I mean, this year has been so oppressive in so many ways emotionally and spiritually that like one day of unfettered like celebration 
I use the word joy a lot on this show, and I'm sure that there was joy, but like active celebration, so much probably was just bubbling. And like celebration is the antidote to grief in a lot of ways. And in a year of so much grief, I'm sure it felt very medicinal even to like, and then you had to give a toast, which is like demanding even in the best of times. Um, But then for some reason, like speaking, I don't know if you feel this way about public speaking, but speaking to 20 people is almost a higher, a taller order than 500 people. Like you were saying at a traditional Nigerian wedding, because it's like a big audience (laughs) versus you can see everyone who's looking at you is different. Exactly. People are paying attention. (laughs) It's very exciting to meet you because as I told you via our chat, which is like kind of a running chat, it's not just periodic. (laughs) Um, I'm a big fan of yours and you were like, please, you couldn't be a fan of mine, but I can be because I am. Um, You're a photographer and a super talented one at that. And your photography work is very inspiring to me because it has such an activist bent, um, which, oh, and I also know that you are, I don't actually know what denomination you are, but you are a lover of Jesus. So you're a Christian. Um, I was raised Catholic, so I speak the same language. And lately I've been getting more into like, um, I guess God is a word that I don't know how I feel about that still, but like that there is a higher power obviously, obviously to me. And that stepping into one's particular skill set and talents and purpose is like exactly what you are meant to do in the world, especially when it furthers a cause. And I just think you are so good at that in your work. So I'm a little sweaty talking to you is what I'm trying to say. (laughs) Oh my God. Thank you. I'm so sorry. This is a lot. No, I mean... Look, if you want to cry, cry. It's the same as a wedding. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Except this is even safer because only one person will see me crying. (laughs) That's right. That's right. And we can just delete it out if you want. But I I mean, vulnerability is is choice in this world. So, but yeah, you're really great at what you do. And so thanks for doing it. (laughs) Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. That is so great assuring because you know we always compare ourselves to other people all the time I don't I'm not a full-time photographer but I compare myself to full-time photographers so obviously in comparison I'm like dirt no you're not don't say that (laughs) and I want to do all of these things like I have a zillion ideas in Uh my head and Okay. All right. First, this year I've been sick a lot. So this year was personally hard for me because like COVID aside, racism aside, mm-hmm. I have sickle cell. And, yeah. and when I say this year, I really mean since September, 2019. Mm-hmm. Since September, 2019, I've been hospitalized eight times. Oh my God. Yeah. And then my last three hospitalizations have been during the pandemic. So I wasn't able to have visitors. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize how much of a toll was taking on my mental health until May. Mm. And the only thing that really triggered it for me is because I wanted to, like, reach out to my ex. That's such a crazy way for me to, like, start realizing it. (laughs) Um, So going back to the photography thing, it's just, like, I haven't – I feel like this year has been, like, an outer body experience. Like, I keep saying it's a dystopian. Mm -hmm. But it's weird because it's, like, I want to, like, get back because, like, we're at home now and I should have – if I 
would have had a healthy year in my head, I would have like knocked out so many projects. Mm -hmm. And instead, I I feel like I didn't accomplish anything this year. Obviously, that's not true, but that's yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, in air quotes, it's not true because we're both like alive, (laughs) which is a feat in 2020, and like to become aware that your mental health is something that is it's feels funny to say on your mind because like your mental health is your mind um <laughs> that is a feat in and of itself of like ooh, oh man that socialization is something i need <laughs> girl let me tell you is that the right can i call you girl oh my gosh please i say girl all the time too which is why i ask people's pronouns i'm like i just say it kind of reflexively girl please all that kind of stuff I say it to boys, too. (laughs) I say that to my brother constantly. Girl, please. Right. (laughs) He doesn't comment, which I take to mean that it's fine. (laughs) But, yeah, I saw this meme that's like, I'm tired of being self-aware. I want to be happy like (laughs) (laughs) y'all. That's, uh, send that to me, please, because I'm going to put it on my fridge. That is so true. I am so tired of being (laughs) self-aware. Yeah, the socialization thing has been tough. Um, Luckily, I live by my family, so I can go and see, like, my parents or my brother and um, his fiance and their dog, and that's all very nice. Um, But, wow, I miss, I miss, like, socialization with strangers, which is part of the reason I started this show, of, like, being in a bar or a restaurant and just kind of like talking to people who I don't know. Um, Mm -hmm. I can't imagine what it must've been like to be in the hospital three times without socialization. I mean, how are you recovering from that? Are you okay? Are you doing okay now? (laughs) Oh, I'm doing a lot better now. Good. Um, But that's because I've been going outside almost to the point where I'm like, okay, it's still a pandemic. It's okay to stay inside, but it's just like, man, I need to see human beings because I was really like going crazy. So yeah, like this, this weekend was great. Like, so my best friend, one of my best friends is a diplomat and he's going back to post today, Mm -hmm. actually. So on Saturday we hung out and that was great because like, I've been to, we we sat outside and we had topless, but like, when was the last time you just went and had tacos with a friend like uh that I can't I don't even have a response really because I'm just daydreaming about that (laughs) tapas that someone else made and someone else will clean up (laughs) I'm pretty sure my roommate is sick of me Even at one point, I was like, I'm so sorry, like, if I'm being a terrible roommate, but, like, I'm doing the best I can. Like, I can't, like, I can't remember last time I washed dishes. Like, the only time I washed dishes, I'm obviously running the dishwasher, but, like, the only time I washed dishes is, like, if I want to use it right then and there. Yep, yes, precisely. I am even somebody who is really stringent about, like, as soon as you use a dish, just clean it so then it's, like, you don't have to think about it again. Oof. And even I am like, do I want to do this? <laughs> oh, yeah. It's I would use up all my energy washing dishes, literally. For real? Well, I mean, I think you mean that literally. I just mean like I'm tired at the end of the day. But actually, <laughs> this leads me to two things. One, 
Oh my God, I forget it. I'm making hand gestures. They don't mean anything on this podcast anyway. First of all, the pronunciation of your first name. I looked on your Facebook page and it says B-U-U, which I took to mean uh, but is it actually ooh, the sound? Is it Bucky or Buki? Buki. Buki. Okay, sorry. I saw two U's and I was like, is it an uh sound? I I guessed wrong. Apologies. Like like a book. A book. Bookie. Yes. Nailed it. Okay. Only took me three tries, but always better to ask than look like an idiot for an hour. Okay. Second question is, you are a sickle cell advocate and you have sickle cell. Can you just tell me a little bit about that? What is, I mean, I don't know very much about sickle cell at all. Sure. So sickle cell is a genetic blood disorder. Um, you get it from your parents having either sickle cell or sickle cell trait. So mm. in my case, my, both my parents have sickle cell trait. So they pass down their two S genes. So my parents are, I think they're AS. Obviously. Yeah, so my parents are AS. Mm-hmm. So I got both of those genes. So I got sickle cell SS, because there are different types of sickle cell. There's like SC, beta thalassemia, there's thalassemia, which that's like, like, I mean, honestly, truly, <laughs> I don't even like, obviously having sickle cell in general is terrible, but like, when I, when I looked up thalassemia, like, there are people who get monthly blood transfusions. Oh my God. I mean, there was a point in my life when I was, like, sick also getting blood transfusions. Uh-huh. On, like, a, I don't know if it was monthly, but on a regular basis. And, yeah, I just can't imagine doing that, like, as an adult. Oof, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so anyways, sickle cell um, has many complications um, from simple things like the jaundice in mm. my eyes. Um, that's from, like, your liver not being able to process as well as other people's not necessarily as well but like basically your sickle cells are breaking down really fast mm-hmm. and sickle cells don't live as long as regular red blood cells mm. uh, but also there's pain crises um oh no yeah so that's what i had this year and i had pneumonia. oh my god pain crises. i don't even know how to explain it. it's like paralyzing pain like literally the EMT, I called 911 into your hair, and I cannot move myself off of the bed. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, then, and then, and then on top of that, you get to the hospital, and obviously I'm black, and there's racist, medical racism. So you're having yeah, to pain for you to get the pain medicine that you want because it's not. So. I'm going to name drop some drugs. Um, so at <laughs> home, at home, I like if I'm in it, I'll take Dilaudid, which is hydromorphine, which is like really high, mm-hmm. uh, like the pain medicine drug scale. And I'm going to go to the hospital, and they're going to give me morphine, like regular morphine. And I'm like, I haven't had morphine since I was 16. Mm. This is or they'll try to give me pill Dilaudid, which is what I have at home. And I'm like, I have this at home while yeah. I have come to the hospital. I've, I've had doctors tell me, like, yeah, I don't want you to overdose. 
That's why I'm in the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> You're in charge of making sure I don't. <laughs> that is the dumbest thing. <laughs> like, honestly, doctors can be really stupid sometimes. Like You don't have to tell I, me. Yep. <laughs> I put it in the ER for five hours one time. In pain. Yeah. In, in pain. Yeah. So you're in pain. You're you're trying to figure out what experience you're going to have at the hospital. Like, are they going to believe you? Do you have to do the dramatics? But also it's like, so like that mental gymnastics mm-hmm. kind of adds to the pain that you're experiencing already. Of course, you're in mental anguish because you have to like stay online. I imagine I have not experienced this, but I can imagine you have to stay online with like your rational, logical, and like the ad, yes, the medical racism of like you have to add this other layer on top of everything else while also feeling this. I don't even know what kind of pain it is, but just like full body, as you said, paralyzing pain. It's too much. It is too much. That's the only way I can. Yeah. Shout out to, I started going, so I switched my care over to Johns Hopkins. I don't know mm. how much you know about them, but. I've heard of them. <laughs> They're a big deal. A lot of medical things. <laughs> um, so, I mean, at first when I started going there, before I really established care with them, I was still experiencing racism. So there's some hospitals where they don't give out the lot in the ER, period. Like To anybody. ER. Yeah. To anybody. But and so Hopkins is one of those hospitals. So so once I established care, they read the chart and you know they give me what I want. But mm-hmm. um, so that's that's been helpful. Obviously, sometimes you know. So okay, I say that to say that sometimes I'm able to just go in the hospital, um, to the infusion center, get like a couple of doses, and then go home. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's really bad, and I have to get. Um, admitted i'm so sorry i keep losing my i keep starting stories and i forget why i start the story oh you just woke up that's fine we're just meeting we're it's totally fine (laughs) but um so yeah it's it's been a little better so shout out to um doctors that listen and have procedures in place oh yeah so i went to sibley in june which is like it's in the Hopkins family. But what I didn't realize is that Hopkins actually owns basically all of the hospitals in Maryland. Whoa. Uh, yeah. So when I saw the Hopkins name associated with Sibley, I was like, oh, it's going to be like Hopkins. They're going to look at my chart. It's going to be fine. Uh-oh. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't sound like it was fine. Yeah. So I ended up, so my hematologist who's in the main Hopkins in Baltimore um, asked that I get transferred over there and the nurse manager in the Hopkins in DC at Sibley, like when I was being transferred, like the day before I was being transferred, he was like, yeah, you know, how was like your time here, blah, blah. And I was like, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't the worst experience, mm-hmm. but it wasn't the best experience. And then we were talking and I was like, but yeah, a lot of things are systemic and that's like not, I mean, like, Yes, your your nurses on this floor are trash, but also some, some <laughs> issues are above you and like right like, oh, above them. He was like, "Oh yeah, I would love to talk about that." Da, da, da. I'm thinking like, "Oh yeah, we're about to have like a good conversation." Like he's about to learn about sickle cell, which isn't really my job, but we move right. Um, 
and homeboy never came back to ha- to have the conversation. Uh, in a surprise to nobody. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was like, why do I even have my uh, hopes up? I guess because I had never even experienced that before. Yeah. So a direct, well, maybe not like a promise, but yeah, like building your hopes up and then nothing. Not even like a, hey, can we postpone this till later? Or can you come back and talk to, like nothing. (laughs) Oh, that sucks. I wish that saying I'm so sorry for you was enough to cover it, but it is not. And that also sucks. So you're in your advocacy work. Are you addressing particularly, or are you addressing anything particularly like awareness of sickle cell or, and also I've, what does your work focus on? I'll leave it (laughs) open-ended. Well, initially it was just awareness. So Mm -hmm. I started, I guess my first big thing of my own um, was the warrior series, which is the photo series Mm -hmm. um, that was meant to show that people with sickle cell can still live full lives. Yeah. Um, because I remember I was in the hospital a while back, I think 17 or 18, um, and I was looking for documentaries on sickle cell, and everything I saw was, like, super sad and depressing. Mm-hmm. It was, like, showing people, like, basically the worst of the worst of, like, people who... And, I mean, I know this is real life because I have a friend who can't work because of her sickle cell or like almost didn't graduate high school like Mm -hmm. it was like time off from college um like I had a friend who was in the hospital for a whole month straight so I know these are realities of people living with sickle cell but it's also just like really sad and I just wanted to bring some positivity yeah Um, like we still I like my brother and I still have jobs like I still like have friends I'm able to go out da 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 so I just wanted to be able to show, like, it's possible to still live a full life with sickle cell mm-hmm. because everything I'd seen was, like, super depressing. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe eventually I'll do a film documentary on it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll talk about that later. Um, <laughs> we will. But... I'm not going to ghost you like your doctor. I want to know about that. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why I started the Warrior Series, um, just to kind of, sh- like, have an uplifting, positive side of people living with sickle cell um but I think after this year I I noticed that we don't talk enough about how your physical health affects your mental health so true so true oh even just like basic um I self-care is the word I want to use but I think now when people hear self-care they're like oh you mean like a bubble bath and a glass of rosé and I don't mean that (laughs) I mean like go for a walk, drink water, eat food that is nutritious and like actually helps your immune system and your body functions. Um, yeah. So I, uh, I just lost my train of thought. Oh yeah. That your mental or your physical health impacts your mental health when you're not nourishing your body or taking care of it or like making all of those chemicals release into your bloodstream, like oxytocin and, uh, serotonin and all that, you suffer. You totally suffer. And some of that is independent. Like, yes, you you are probably in charge of feeding yourself, nourishing yourself, hydrating yourself. But like you touched on earlier, <laughs> as you go for your bottle of water, I love it. <laughs> um, 
part of it is like social interaction, um, which what are the long-term effects of this isolation and quarantined time going to be on people's mental health? Oh, yeah. It's not going to be good, I don't think. Um, we have stand-ins. I have already dealt with it. Like, if you ever started dealing with it now, yeah. Super rude awakening. I thought I read something recently, or what feels like recently. It might have been in April. Who knows? Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> about how people who already suffered before coronavirus from anxiety, particularly, are not feeling it quite as hard right now because they have learned and practiced the coping mechanisms for anxiety, whereas people who don't traditionally or historically, I guess, suffer from anxiety, like you said, are being hit really hard because they don't, they didn't even know that you could cope with this kind of thing. So if there is one moment in time where I am grateful to have suffered from anxiety for a while, it is right now. Cause like, I know how to reach out when I want to isolate. And I know that like bathing helps your mental health and like all this really oh, basic stuff because even me I, I would sit on my bed and I wonder why I didn't have energy I haven't eaten all day energy <laughs> yeah why do I feel so sad is it because I haven't seen the sun in 20 hours or no I haven't gotten fresh air in a week <laughs> Yeah. And then like the struggle of like you, again, you said earlier, you're going outside so much that you have to remind yourself that there's a pandemic on is like, yeah, there's a weird balance you have to strike of how do I go outside? And you're in, are you in DC proper? Yeah. I live in DC. Proper. Yeah. So you live in like a very crowded place. I luckily can drive 15 minutes outside of Madison, Wisconsin, and it's like farmland. So it's, it's, it's pretty wide open. I can literally walk through cornfields and not meet anybody for miles and miles, which is nice. Um, but yeah, people in big cities or even smallish cities are really feeling it of like, how do I get out and breathe fresh air and also be responsible and wear my mask? And like, not to mention, again, you drive 10 to 15 minutes outside of Madison. There are people who are simply not wearing masks and won't be wearing a mask anytime soon and yet want to um, reverse Roe v. Wade. But that is a totally different <laughs> subject. Oh, my God. P.S. As of today, there are two weeks until the election. Everyone have a great time voting. <laughs> and please vote Biden-Harris, even if you're not a fan of them, which I myself am not a big Biden fan. I am a Biden. Huh? I said hashtag settle for settle Biden. Settle for Biden. Just bite the bullet. And four years from now, we can vote for someone way better. And like, I think it's eight, maybe 12 years from now, we can vote for AOC and someone else. Like, ugh. yeah, I'm, I get more and more nervous every day. I don't know about you out there in yeah, DC. I mean, um, it's weird because like, I'm not as naive as I was in 2016. True. So, so true. I'm fully prepared. I'm not fully, but I'm mostly prepared for Trump to win again. Same. Unfortunately. Um, it just really sucks for the pandemic. Like, like I'm, I'm really hoping that... So when this first started, I remember being at work and like, 
February, first mm-hmm. of March, and I was looking up the 1918 pandemic, mm-hmm. and I was also looking up um, SARS. Yep, I was going to say. And I was like, oh, we got SARS under control in eight months. I was like, it's 2020. Like, we've had years. We can get this under control in eight months or less. And now I'm hoping we can get under control in a year. Because Florida, the governor <laughs> lifted all the restrictions. Oh, it's not just Florida. It's Wisconsin, too. We're like one of the only states, and Florida is now included, that not only has not passed any legislation, protective legislation, for, like, any, for anything, but every mandate that the governor puts on the table, our Supreme Court strikes down as being unconstitutional for some reason or another. And it's really just a matter of politics. It has nothing to do with public health. I mean, again, and a surprise to nobody, um... So Green Bay, which is like the thumb of Wisconsin, is apparently now the global center of the coronavirus because we just suck as <laughs> a state. So, yeah, Florida definitely sucks. Wisconsin is, I think. No, we- I don't believe that. Green Bay. Green what? Bay, Wisconsin. Google it. I That is the last update that I had. It's either the global center or the national center of the outbreak is Green Bay fucking Wisconsin. So who would have guessed that when I left New York, New York City all of four or five years ago, that I actually would now be safer there, Ray, coronavirus, than I am in my own home state of, uh, here I am talking about walking through cornfields, like, oh my God, it's a disgrace. It's a disgrace. You- okay question yeah why did you um move (laughs) (laughs) wonderful question um it was kind of a weird series of events but it all started with it's insanely expensive to live in new york city and like that was really speaking of mental health just like really wearing me down that i had i think at the time that i left i had only two jobs but in the time I lived there, there were times where I had three or four at a time and was like, I joke about at the time having, I would joke about having a savings account and like only because my mom is an accountant and like drilled it into me that you have to put something away in savings. Did I have a savings account? But it was pitiful. And it, yeah, it was just as far as the mental health goes, I'm a writer as well, you know, there was no time to do any of that kind of stuff because I was just trying to keep my head above water. So that was the impetus. Um, And my now wife and I had just gotten engaged. She, at the time, had a home in Indiana, worst state in the union, do not recommend. Um, (laughs) So we went there for five, I describe them as fugue-like months. I'm not sure what happened. I just know that we were there and it was not fun. And the job market there was abysmal. So then we both got jobs in my hometown um, by chance, sort of. We moved up here and my parents are very excited about that. And uh, because now both me and my brother live here again. Um, And then pretty shortly thereafter, like a year after we moved here, boom, pandemic times. And I think the only reason my parents' mental health is not in 
the toilet is because we live nearby at exactly this moment. They don't have to worry about us. My brother was actually in D.C. before he and his fiance moved here. Um, so two very crowded places that my parents, I mean, they already lost sleep when things were fine. And it's just like two Wisconsinites being like, ah, our kids in the big city. <laughs> so they were glad to have us home. They remain glad to have us home. So that's the the short version of a long story. Uh, and I love Wisconsin. I think it's a really beautiful state, naturally speaking. Um, and I grew up here, so I have a fondness for it. But in pretty much every other way, <laughs> it is troubled, to say the least. So I take comfort knowing that my blue vote holds some sway here versus New York City. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, my roommate is from Texas, and she was um, trying to turn Texas blue. Nice, yeah. And, um, okay, that's cute. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we got to do what we got to do, so. We got to do what we got to do. Um, have you, are you from D.C. originally? I don't mean that in the racist way of like, where are you from? I mean, like, where did you grow up in the United States? <laughs> I grew up in Maryland. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, if you, if, well, actually, my best friend who was born and raised in DC the other day said I was from DC when we were talking to strangers. So I was like, oh my God, you consider me from DC now? <laughs> uh, there are so, so, so many transplants, as they call themselves. Uh huh. Um, Cause it's like, but the thing is like, I don't, I don't talk to people who aren't from DC. So that's why it doesn't feel like, mm -hmm. like all my friends are from the area, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm from the area, the DMV. That's what we call it. So what is it called? DMV? Oh, DC, Maryland, DC. Virginia. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Northern Virginia, PG County, Montgomery County. Uh -huh. DC. DMV. I just think of two hours of my life in the <laughs> least appealing place on earth. But that DMV doesn't sound as bad. Um, hold on. Let's backtrack two conversational steps here to your documentary <laughs> film that you want to make. Can you tell oh, me about that? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So actually, I started it last year uh -huh. uh, when I was in the hospital, of course. I got this or after I one of my episodes, I was like, so let me try to gather my thoughts in a way that makes sense. Sure. Um, I don't know if it's fair for me to start with her. I don't want to, like, use her name as a reason. But, like, you know, like, there's this woman I follow. Her name is Mylique Teal. She's an entrepreneur. She's a Black woman. Mm -hmm. And I'm um, sorry, I'm looking for my charger. Um, and I love her. Like, she's a boss, like. She came from nothing and mm -hmm. just like just bought her second house, like basically hashtag goals. Sure. Um, yes. I mean, not in the same industry, but industry wise, I want to be Issa Rae. Oh my God. Who doesn't even not in her industry. I would just like, I am in her industry, but even people who aren't, I think everybody wants to be her. She's the Honestly, best. Honestly, I want to be Issa Rae so bad. Yeah. Like on a personal <laughs> level, like, <laughs> Oh, for real. Yeah. But anyways, her, between her, so I listened to her podcast and she's just always like, you know, like, 
I was just following her philosophy of like, these aren't her words, but basically like, eat shit in your 20s so you can enjoy your life. Like, like if you want to be successful, like, don't go out to the bars. Like, when you, after work, come home and work on your business. Like, you know, mm. like, just be very like regimented and da da da. And like, kind of like the same philosophy of like Gary B. He literally says, like, eat shit in your 20s. Like, live at home <laughs> if you need to. You know, so you can save up money, work on your business, be uh-huh. an entrepreneur, like, going to school if that's not what you want to do. Like, like tell your parents to fuck off. Blah, blah, <laughs> energy. And, you know, I was doing that for a while, and it was kind of working. Like, I moved out because there was no way I was going to be able to do what I want to do living with my parents. Mm-hmm. Like... Rent is the best money I've been spending since 2018. Um, Wait, so you're saying you went back on the advice of eat shit in your 20s, and then now you're li- now you're not eating shit in your 20s? <laughs> oh no, I am. I'm just like, hard because girl, if I was living at home, I could be saving so much money, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't be able to function in the way that I function yeah. now if I was home. So. It, it pays off. Yeah. Um, but I'm like, I don't have the same energy levels as, as y'all. So I'll send you an article <laughs> on my blog called yeah. this, uh, about being a spoonie, the spoon theory. And in summary, it's just about how, so like a lot of people with chronic illness, um, we call ourselves spoonies because it's like every day you wake up with a certain amount of spoons and Taking a shower might be one. So, like, let's say I wake up today with seven spoons, right? Mm-hmm. Taking a shower might be one spoon. Going for a walk might be two spoons. Or, okay, let me use, like, a regular pre-pandemic day. Taking a shower might be a spoon. Getting dressed while while driving to work, that might be, like, three spoons. Mm-hmm. Um, getting through the work day, that's, that's probably, like, four, five spoons yeah. right there. So, I have, what, two spoons left, and it's five o'clock. Driving home, making dinner, that's a spoon. Am I going to wash the dishes or am I going to go to the gym or am I going to work on my business with my one spoon that's left? Mm. In your 20s, so, you're working on your business, I think. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Exactly. So now I haven't gone to the gym. I haven't washed the dishes. I haven't prepared for the next day. Mm. But I worked on my business with my last spoon. So and now it's time for me to go to bed because I'm out of spoons. Mm hmm. Um, and so I was just like, yeah, this is crazy. Like I need to, so I started looking up like successful people who have chronic illnesses and I need to know what their secret is. So I want each episode to be a different illness. So sickle cell, obviously for sickle cell, I want to interview the, um, president of Howard university, who's also a medical surgeon. Oh my God. Surgery he does. He was still practicing surgery. As he is, yes, yes, my, as he is the president of Howard University. Oh, my God. I I'm can't. like, sir, <laughs> how, how did you even get through med school? Because a lot of the issue with, the, with doctors is that you have to be a really healthy person to pass through med school, residency. And, be, and so, like, there's a lot of disconnect because a lot of doctors are, like, the healthiest people in the world. Yeah. Oh, I never thought about day. that before. Yeah. So I'm like, how, sir? Like, <laughs> <teach> <laughs> so 
Um, and there's also the CEO of Obia Naturals. He has sickle cell. Oh, he's not the CEO. He's the president or CFO. I forgot his title. Uh-huh. Um, it's a natural hair company. He has sickle cell. So I, I, I need another secret to like being a business person and not being successful mm-hmm. with a crime. Ava DuVernay used to have lupus. I think she's in lupus remission now, but she said she's been in lupus remission for a while. Mm-hmm. Selena Gomez, we know, has lupus. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so the premise of the show is to interview successful people in, with chronic illnesses and see, like, what's the secret? Yes. I I can't keep living this life like Gary Vee or my leaf because I'm not built like them. Totally. So that is what my next um, documentary film series, limited series, will be on. That hopefully. is so exciting. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. As you're you know, talking... You know, oh, anyone sorry. that wants to produce a film or sponsor <laughs> a film? I mean, you and me both, um, but from different <laughs> different worlds. I don't do, or haven't yet, um, dipped my toe into documentary work. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a fiction person. I'm a narrative person. Um, but I will keep my ear to the ground because that is... That is so awesome. And I, I, I'm really hung up on this, what you're saying about doctors being the healthiest people in the world. Of course, then there's this huge gap between the holders of all of this knowledge and wisdom and practice. And then the people who are actually suffering from very, I mean, all kinds of things, but chronic illness, particularly because it is chronic. It's right in the name. (laughs) Um, there is an author who I really love. Her name is Lee Bardugo. She suffers from chronic pain. I don't know if chronic pain is a thing by itself or if it's a symptom mm. of some other thing. Um, but she is really vocal about it. And she's like a best-selling author across the board. And she's just a fabulous person. But yeah, I wonder all of the time. Uh, oh, yes, Spoonie. Yes, I got your article. Nice. Um, I wonder all the time how people like her, well, particularly her, because she, as I said, she's open about it and very vocal. How can she do what she does and battle this, like, very all-consuming thing is not, inspiring is not the right word. It does inspire me to be like, wow, Charlotte, you do not have chronic pain and you are not doing nearly as much as Lee Bardugo which is a whole like comparison rabbit hole that I don't want to give any of my time to, but um, <laughs> if I can help it, sometimes I can't. Uh, but that's like we were talking about before. There is so much more to deal with when you're dealing with that, with a chronic illness, but it doesn't have to limit you. It doesn't necessarily have to be an aid in what you're doing, but... Mm-hmm. Oh my God, being the president of, or whatever you said, of Howard University and being a practicing doctor and having sick, does he have sickle cell or does he have some, oh my God, that's exhausting just to hear about. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Like we don't have the same 24 hours. (laughs) No, no, we do not. That's a, that's amazing. I mean, we do not. And then, oh, um, so how far along, you said that that project started last year. Yeah, so I started, so Sundance has like an ongoing mm-hmm. documentary funding 
whatever grant. Mm-hmm. So I started like my uh, treatment, blah, blah. And I basically, so I reached out to the first two people, which are the sickle cell people. And uh, I've got a response from one person, obviously not from the AQ president. Mm-hmm. So trying to how to get that but anyways <laughs> what really had me hung up is i don't know how to budget for a film mm. and so even when i reach out to like the guy my videographer that did my last film he's like okay like you know like what's the plan like it's like you have to like say like the day rate and all this other stuff and i'm just like i don't i don't know like i don't have <laughs> response from these people because in my head it's, so I want it to be, I want to follow them on a healthy day mm-hmm. and then a day with a flare-up, even yeah. if they have to be dramatized for the flare-up day. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's two days, I'm guessing like eight hours because we have to do the interview, then we have to get the B-roll. So I don't, I literally don't know. Like, And then also I want to be like high quality. Of course. So I want a real... P and like a real film crew, mm-hmm. just not like a one man job doing everything. Yeah, um, and I really don't know how to budget for that. And I try to reach out to people. I've even tried to outsource all of that so that they could just give me what their prices are, so I can put that on my Sundance form. Mm-hmm. And that just has not worked out. So I'm kind of stuck. I mean, I know I'm gonna get it eventually. I just haven't figured out. What my next step is because I feel like I've done everything I can to try to figure it out. Yeah. As you're talking, I'm trying, I'm listening to you and I'm trying to think of who I know that I can hook you up with. If anybody is listening and you are a producer of documentary work, please DM me and I will send it bookies way because this is a project that must be funded. I, I think. Um, and, uh, I know that there are people who I know either like directly or maybe secondary, like tangentially, but I I'm with you on the producing side of things. I don't know how to do that. (laughs) Um, it was totally foreign to me when, when I first entered into the world of like, so what are these people's day rates? And I was like, what does that mean? (laughs) What are you talking about? Why are all of these people necessary? Or like, I am so used to being a one woman show and many of the things that I've done that, yeah, like you're saying, outsourcing tasks and skill sets and talents to other people or like not, that's not the right turn of phrase, but it's daunting because you learn that there are things that you don't even know you don't know. But then when you get someone in who knows what they're doing, you're like, oh my God, that makes all the difference. And having a good producer in your corner can make things feel so easy all of a sudden. I've had the great fortune of working with extremely talented producers in the narrative world. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my God, I just thought of somebody that I'm going to um, hook you up with. Her name's Camden. She produced my short chemistry, which is narrative. Um, but oh my God, that that woman is a powerhouse. So if she isn't a documentary person, she's going to know like three other people who do. So I'm putting that out into the universe on this podcast. (laughs) And uh, Camden, 
I don't know if you listen to this show, but I'm coming for you. So expect an email. Um, yeah, but I speaking of Camden, just to sing her praises as a producer. Yeah, producer. She is so good at like she loves spreadsheets, which is something we do not have in common. Um, she's so like goal oriented and she stays positive the entire time. Like she's always on your side in your corner. Mm-hmm. Um, and working with her was like a real shocking experience in a positive way. Cause it was like, this is, this is how it happens. This is amazing. Um, so yeah, yeah. let me hook you guys up and then we'll see what happens. Um, and then yeah, Sundance applying to Sundance doesn't hurt. That'll be a great time. Uh, that's awesome. That is awesome. I mean, I'm going to apply to other things. Mm-hmm. That was just the first one. Cause yeah. I, I went to, they had something in Philly. Oh yeah. They had like a producing seminar in Philly that I went up to. So then I started getting all their emails and then that's when I saw that they had fun for documentaries, but there's also like, I think PBS has a fun too. Nice. Oh, great but, idea. Yeah. Yeah. But then with the PBS one, it's like limiting because then it could only be on PBS for like a certain amount of years. I mean, I'm gonna be happy for it to be anywhere, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, your girl's trying to get on like Netflix or something. HBO, yeah. 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 Oh, because New York Times just started a series on Hulu. I forgot what it's called. Is it 1619? They may mm-hmm. not be on Hulu. That might just be a New York Times thing. Anyway. Go on. There's there's a part in an episode where a girl with sickle cell is getting a stem cell transplant. So that's the format I want the show to be in. Mm-hmm. Kind of. mm-hmm. I'll I'll find it and send it to you. Okay. Episode. Excellent. Um Yeah, I'm still sitting here thinking of all of the producers I know. Actually. Yeah, ooh, I'm gonna send you a whole list of people that you should reach out to and use my name because I am all about hooking people up with the right people. <laughs> it's the smallest possible thing I can do in the world, but I hope it helps. Yes. Thank you. Thank yeah. You. Oh my gosh. My but then pleasure. it's weird because then if someone else is the producer, then will I be? Are you kidding me? You will be the director of the project. Obviously. <laughs> Although I know nothing about documentary directing if the producer really just to my oh my god every producer i know is going to be like you don't understand our job at all but to to what to my knowledge (laughs) a producer greases the wheels like they make the wheels spin so that they make they like open the doors and get the they do all the emailing (laughs) and spreadsheet when i did my last film i was like oh this is what i want to be when i grow up For me, like all of the skills that I have and all the things I enjoy doing, I feel like are in producing directing. Producing directing, how interesting. See, I will I don't ever want to produce anything. All of those skill sets I either don't I have. It's the easy part. Oh poof, I don't all think you so. have to do is organize. <laughs> I'm saying this like I like I'm a pro or something. All you have to do is <laughs> cool, all you have to do is organize all of the pieces. Like you said, get the wheels running. So hire oh my- the crew hire the director, you know, figure out the location, set the budget. Like you're not really, 
not saying that you're not doing any of the work, but you're basically telling everyone else what to do. See, that to me is an, is my nightmare. I don't want to have to organize anything beyond like what I am bringing in my little brown bag lunch that day to set. But beyond that, I just can't, I don't have the, this isn't like a mental block thing. It's just from experience. I know yeah. that. <laughs> right, right. And I feel you because I don't want to have to show up and do anything. I'm going to sit behind a desk and tell y'all what to do. And, to <laughs> and then come on, Sam, be like, oh, perfect. Just how I envisioned it. Yes. <laughs> I am even a step further away from that. I want to like write my idea of what a great story is. And then hopefully it is a great story. And then kind of like pass it to somebody else to put the finishing touches on. Again, I'm in narrative work. So it's like, I don't really like, eh. I don't want to direct at this moment in time, but I do love to act. And so I have done this thing where I like write roles that I really want to play. Um, mm. And then I, get, I put it in someone else's hands and I'm like, can you make all of this come to life? And then just tell me when I need to show up and play pretend across from someone else. And that works for me. I like that setup a okay, lot. Can you bear <laughs> Exactly. Exactly right. Except I think Kenya Barris also produces and directs, right? He must. Um, I think he... I feel like he's probably produces Black AF. Yeah. Maybe he produce Blackish. I enjoyed I Black know. AF. I thought it was fun. Sort of like... You didn't like it? No, I did like it. Oh, okay. Okay. There was some, yeah. like, I think earned criticism of it. It is basically Blackish, but, like, updated for Netflix. <laughs> But I just, I just thought it was really funny and fun. Yeah, Good I time. mean, I love the self drag. I it really <laughs> felt very documentary to me. I yeah, was watching, I watched it overnight mm-hmm. when I saw Mia. So, well, there you go. Um, <laughs> but I read an article on it because I read that when I saw that people didn't like it, I was like, why don't people like it? And mm-hmm. I, I understand why people don't like it, but coming, I think his. I read this article that was like. If you watch Seinfeld and if you watch Curvy Enthusiasm, that, that's basically what Blackish and Black AF is. That's so, so true. Black AF is Curvy Enthusiasm and Blackish is Seinfeld. Uh-huh. And Kenny Barris is Larry, Larry David. Yes, that is such a good comparison. Ooh, I love that. And yeah, the self-drag is great. And he um, I love his relationship with the daughter who is making the documentary. Um oh, and yeah. he's <laughs> I don't I don't think he's probably like this in real life but he's just like such an awful person sometimes that it's (laughs) it's just so funny um and rashida jones it's really over the top that it's like how did y'all miss that yeah (laughs) like like, how did y'all think this was like he was being sincere you know when he wrote this (laughs) so true um and I, I love getting to watch Rashida Jones play a character that's so deeply unlikable because on Parks and Rec, she's so like compulsively likable. How fun it must have been to play a, a totally different role was just great to watch. Um, yeah, I, I am flattered to be called Kenya Barris. I would love to be Kenya Barris. <laughs> Honestly, truly. Who would After crushing it, I want to um, do a narrative. Okay, I'm spilling a lot of tea right now. Yes! Oh, I'm so glad. Okay, tell me everything. Tell me everything. Okay, my goal after chronically crushing it is to do a TV show. Uh huh. Uh huh. So, like Friends or Living Single, Mm -hmm. but with people with chronic illnesses. 
Oh, yes. Oh my gosh. So it's a comedy. I mean, friends and living. Yeah. Okay. That's it has to be, otherwise it'd be too dark. <laughs> so sad. Oh my God. Imagine yeah. it's like, this is us, but with people, all a cast of all <laughs> chronically ill people, that would be Ooh. very heavy. <laughs> yeah. Um, Oh my gosh. I love that. Have you written any of it? Have you thought anything beyond like, oh, I have this great idea? No. <laughs> I've been trying to figure out is like the illnesses uh -huh. and the like character tropes for each person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, where the characters will be me. Of course. <laughs> I mean, will be off of me. Uh huh. And then, oh, and I wanted to be in DC because it's important that they live in the, in the city because yeah. I want to be able to touch on like the inaccessibility of things. Mm -hmm. And then just also like being, yeah, I feel like people associate like disease accessibility with like geriatrics and like you know, oh. they're young people who don't access to some things as well yeah. and just like the little things I experienced like am I gonna turn up with my friends tonight and suffer for the rest of the weekend Ooh. or am I gonna be an adult or am I gonna be responsible and live healthy but then not have these connections with my friends and that's another thing that's been fucking me up this year I realized that like, I know all the introverts are saying, like, oh, yeah, this was normal for me because I never used to leave the house before. Mm -mm. No, that ass, I did not used to. It was always my health. Like, I would literally plan my turnups. Like, maybe I'll go out once a month, even that, like, eat. like, happy hour. Mm -hmm. I don't know her. Like, that wasn't like a regular thing on mine. And I realized that like those little small things, it's like I was missing out on those connections to like build real and true friendships. Yeah. And it's just like all the things that I never even realized until after the fact that I'm like, okay, well, I gotta work on this. And just trying to find that balance of like, so like last night is a per perfect example. <laughs> so I told you on Saturday, I went out with my best friend to get tapas and then. Yesterday, there was um, a protest. I don't know if you've seen what's going on in Nigeria. Yep, but yeah. I was in the to protest. Even that, the protest started at 12. I got there at 4. I was like, let's just thank God that I, I made it. So after that, I had... And the only reason I went is because I had dragged my friend while not going to the protest on Friday. So I was like, okay, I have to go to see her. So after the protest, we had coffee. Excellent idea because I didn't sleep until 7 a.m. today. Um, oh, my <laughs> yeah. we had coffee and I was so tired to, I was so ready to be in my bed but I on Saturday because I went out with my friend I missed my other friend's birthday party mm -hmm. um, and so I was like oh let me go see her since I didn't go to her birthday party I feel like old me would have went home because I was so tired from the night before and from protesting but I went to her house and we we like it's funny because she 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 said it herself why am I stuttering we had one of those moments where, like, your friendship goes to, like, the next level. Yep. There's <laughs> something, like, so private that it's like, oh, wow, like, we're really friends now. <laughs> yeah. so, and I was just like, wow, imagine if you would have went home and you would have missed out on this whole experience. Oh, yeah. You know? So more of that is what I'm trying to do. Totally. And the isolation, just like you're saying, the isolation uh, throws that in really sharp relief of, like... Like I said, the thing I miss the most is literally 
seeing strangers in the wild. <laughs> I don't even have to interact with them necessarily, although I do miss that a lot. But yeah, I'm a I'm a major introvert and I notice that my world really has changed during this because like you said, I notice I I crave those tiny things, those even the small like connections. And then all the times I said no to hanging out with my friends because I was too tired. I regret because I miss hanging out with my friends. Ugh. And the value of a phone call has really gone way up in my life of like, I, I didn't really understand people being afraid, quote unquote, to talk on the phone before. And now I'm like, oh, I just love getting a phone call from somebody. And sometimes my friends will surprise me with a phone call and I never let it go anymore. I'm like, what do you want? Let's talk for four hours. <laughs> I really miss that. Oh, well. Um, well, I want to respect your time. And I know that you didn't go to bed until seven this morning. So um, I will leave us on this note of seizing the social opportunities whenever they come our way, first of all. And secondly... If I forget, I don't think I will because I'm going to do it as soon as I eat lunch. I'm very hungry. Um, I will send you the names of some producers that I think you should talk to. Um, and then keep me abreast of this narrative TV show because I want to know all about it when it happens. Oh, of course. You Please and my do. other friend are the motivation of why I was like, oh, maybe I should like get into writing. Yes, you should. It is so much fun. And if you like to be telling people what to do from behind the table, writing's even better because you get to tell everybody what to do from above. Because <laughs> you are the brain behind everybody, which... Listen, I love it. I just love it. And I'm not ashamed. Well, Bookie, it was great to meet you. Thank you for coming on the show first thing in the morning. That's a that's a big deal. <laughs> and uh, take care of yourself. Be well. And um, I hope we talk again soon, right? Yes. Yes. All right. Well, thanks again. And you have a great day. Thanks. You too. Bye. <laughs> nice to meet you too we did it we met <laughs> bye thank you again to bookie for joining me on the show i'm so excited for both of those projects to see the light of day and uh this is another call for any doc producers or producers who know doc producers. And this is the kind of project that you want to get your hands on now. You're very wise. And please feel free to reach out to me on Instagram, uh, Charlotte, the writer, or directly to bookie at queen photos. Um, and let's get that project rolling. Shall we? We've never met is 100% made by me, Charlotte, Charlotte, the writer. So you can support the show or just let me know that you like what I'm doing here by being a Patreon backer at patreon.com slash Charlotte T. Martin. Um, every little bit counts and there are some really cool incentives on there that you will only have access to if you are a backer. If you would like to meet on We've Never Met or you know someone who you think I should meet on We've Never Met, feel free to send me an email at charlottetmartin at gmail.com or slide into my DMs on Instagram at charlottetherwriter. 
I would love to hear from you. And I always love to meet a new friend here on the show. You can also support the show by rating, reviewing, and subscribing to it on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast, Google Play, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Um, rating and reviewing especially helps out to get this show on people's radar so that they too can tune into our conversations and we can all build a little community together here on the internet. Thank you so much for listening to We've Never Met. And until we speak again, don't be a stranger. Thank you.